It started last May, but it isn't over yet. The protests that garnered international attention in Turkey have generated a new citizens' movement. Even if the news doesn't always make it to the United States, protesters are still turning up to respond to whatever the latest controversial policy is that the ruling Erdogan government wants to implement. Istanbul-based tour guide Yarin Turgulu joins us right now on Travel with Rick Steves for an insight on what becoming a political activist means in Turkey. Actually, before the protests, I wasn't an activist, but after the protests, I became a professional activist, actually. Wow. First of all, we all went there to defend one of the last green spaces in downtown Istanbul. But of course, it was much more than the park. We all say that it started with a tree, but, you know, it is its deep uh, roots down below. Now, this is interesting. So the demonstrations originally were just people were angry with the government for a building over a park or something like the, this, right? The possibility of building a shopping mall in one of the last green spaces in Istanbul was, I think, the last drop. The last straw. Definitely, yeah. But uh, what is the bigger picture? What are people angry about? The bigger picture is, I think, uh, it was against the increasingly paternalistic tendencies of the government and the prime minister, you know. Paternalistic, what do you mean by that? You know, uh, like having a father trying to dictate you, uh, oh, his so point sort of, of view, you. his beliefs, his Bullying way of you. life. You know, I'm a mother of a six-year-old. Even I cannot dictate my beliefs to my son. So you cannot dictate your beliefs, your way of life to a nation, you know, to so, individuals. No. I think that was maybe mainly the reason of the Geze protests. So people were just fed up with a government that had an agenda of cutting back on people's individuality and freedom? That's what I think. That's my personal thought. And that's Mm -hmm. what many people thought about it. Because Turkey prides itself in being secular and pluralistic. And of course, most Turks are Muslims, but the government is supposed to be a a secular government. Definitely, definitely. Most Turks are Muslims, but most Turks are also secular Muslims. Yes, they are Muslims, but... But, you know, they're also secular people. They believe in the separation of the state and the religion. Separation of mosque and state. We would say Definitely. separation of church and state. Definitely. And you actually have separation of mosque Definitely. and state. Definitely, we have. I have a very uh, a personal interest in this. I'm very impressed by what Ataturk gave to Turkey, because you guys were in the Middle Ages, really, until after World War Definitely. I. Definitely. Definitely. And then Ataturk comes along, and, and he's got this idea about a modern, secular, pluralistic society. And fundamental to that is being secular. And you can be very enthusiastic about your religion, but the government should be secular. And my understanding is the military is actually obligated to overthrow the government if it ever becomes a theocracy. Yes. But but recently, I think your president has sort of taken off the leaders of the Turkish military so he can motor Turkey into a more theocratic society. Yes. Is that actually happening? Actually, I do believe that the next decade will be better in Turkey in terms of democracy. I do believe that the Gezi Park protests were a turning point. Wow, now that's in quite our impressive. history because you know, people lost their patience. They was they were going to be fed up with this government. Definitely, and people actually lost their sense of fear. The Gezi Park protests turned ordinary citizens into like me, you know, people an like activist. You. People like you, you know, who've never been marching before. I was always now... angry, you know, about them. I was always angry with different kinds of things, but that was the first time that, you know, I just grabbed a lemon to protect me from the tear gas and I just grabbed the simple gas mask and I just took a taxi to the park. You, you grabbed know. a lemon in anticipation <laughs> of tear gas? Tell me about of that. Of course. You know, we, we lost our sense of fear, actually, because when we were there, you know, 
especially in the Istiklal Street or around the street, there are little alleys, you know, where police traps you, you know, and then they tear gas you for hours and hours. And there's always a way to just run back down to the sea and maybe catch a taxi back home. But you don't do it because you don't want to do it, actually. So you didn't want to miss out on the action? Of course. It's like betrayal. You, you don't know, betrayal like a, to your... You, you don't seem like a radical person. You no, see. I'm not a radical. <laughs> the thing is, the people who joined the protests were not radicals. Yes, there right. were a few radical groups mm-hmm. because it was a very big protest. But the nice thing about the protest, I think the nicest thing is it brought many different people from different backgrounds together. There were very, very secular people. There were socialist Muslims, LGBT groups, gays, lesbians, you know, nationalistic Turks, nationalistic Kurds, all together, you know, came together for a purpose. So it was uh, really very important. That's why I think... empowering, I think. Definitely, because, you know, there was always a kind of a polarization in the country. But the Gezi protests showed us that we can come together for a cause. And until 2013, maybe people like you were less confident about raising your voice to defend your your, your modern government. And also it brought the sense of humor. It was so funny when the prime minister called the protesters, the looters, the Turkish word for the looter is çapulcu. And then we created an English word for it called çapulers or çapuling actually. And the prime minister... His name is Erdogan? Erdogan, yes. Erdogan. He tried to insult and uh, Radicalize, demor- rid- you know. ridicule the demonstrators and call them simply looting, looters. Looters, definitely. And then you, it's called çapulcu in Turkish. And you turned it around to be what? Today it means the person who fights for his rights. And the English word we created is çapulink. And there's even a song, every day I'm çapulink, you know. So you're fighting <laughs> so for the rights of the Turkish people. Definitely, you know. This is Travel with Rick Steves, and as we do every week for an hour, we're talking with people from different lands to find out what's important to them and what we can learn from them. And today we're joined by Yaren Turkulu. Yaren is a new activist, and uh, she's never been politically active, but the recent demonstrations in Istanbul have emboldened her, along with millions of Turks, to stand up for their modern, secular, pluralistic state. Our phone number is 877-333-7425, and you can email us at radio at ricksteves.com. And Nancy in Portland, Oregon has emailed us, and Nancy writes, My dream is to visit Turkey and to travel around the country. However, I have concerns about the safety of traveling in Turkey at this tumultuous time. What's your opinion? That's a very good question, Yarn. A lot of people in the United States are nervous about going to Turkey. Definitely. Uh, I have to say that even during the protests in June, I guided many tours for Americans. Uh, of course, when you find yourself in the middle of the protest, it can be a bit difficult. But generally, you know, Turkey is a very safe country. And then even during the protests in many cities, it was the highest season for tourism in Turkey and it was pretty safe. So you said pretty safe. What do you mean it's by pretty safe? Pretty safe? It, it's safe, actually. It's safe. My feeling is they would advertise the demonstrations, and if you want to be in the middle of the action, you can do that, and then it's <laughs> actually, not perfectly safe. But if you want to avoid the demonstrations, of course, you could do that. There was nothing in Sultan Ahmed, you know, where all the highlights are located. You so know. what would you say to a tourist that was dreaming of going to Istanbul and then they did not go because of the demonstrations? I think it's a very uh, wrong decision, you know. Because I think this, these are the perfect times to see Istanbul, actually, the most exciting times. This is reality. This, this is, is reality, definitely. Jane's on the line in New Orleans, in Louisiana. Jane, thanks for your call. Thank you, Rick, and thank you, Yarn, very much for helping us in the United States to better understand what is really going on in Turkey. I would be very grateful to you, Yarn, for sharing your understanding of how Turkish women 
are participating in these democratic demonstrations? Are women in Turkey accepted as participants and even sometimes as leaders in this democratic protest movement? It's a very nice question, actually. More than half of the protesters in the Gezi Park protests were women. Mm-hmm. Everywhere you looked, ah. you saw women. And there were also women, you know, secular women who were just like dressed like me, or there were also women with headscarves joining the protests, and there were many of them. And this is a very interesting thing when you think about Islam, that there are modern uh, Western-oriented women that don't cover their heads, and there are women who are more traditional and more maybe conservative or Muslim, and they do cover their heads. They do cover their heads. And they're out together. They party together. They're in the streets together. They demonstrate together. Definitely. And the beautiful thing about Turkey is you've got that pluralism where people can make their choice. And we don't want to lose it. Now, I noticed in Turkey that there is a creeping fundamentalism, and you see women are expected to wear a scarf who are in certain lines of work and everything. And how is that changing? Do you find there is a rising fundamentalism, uh, religious orthodoxy that is cutting down on women's freedoms and women's opportunities? They try to, some, some try to actually, but still we have a very secular constitution. On the paper, you know, we mm-hmm. are equal. On paper, it's On very paper, modern. Definitely. Had beautiful of course, ideas. we are yeah. equal. And, you know, uh, I was born in a very big city into a very modern, secular, middle-class family. So the opportunities I have are different from a woman who was born, let's say, in the eastern part of Turkey. Right. So my life isn't an example. But there are also many women who are like me. So we are all trying hard to make the lives of those women better. There are many organizations So we are trying to raise awareness in this issue. And I think the future will be bright for women in Turkey. You know, But Erdogan, we need to Erdogan work harder. Mis- Erdogan miscalculated, I believe, and now people are of emboldened. Course, and, you know, I was a little bit depressed because I saw him taking the leadership of the military away so he could control the military and turn Turkey into more of a fundamentalist yes. society. But what you're saying is, This got the people in the streets, and now the government has learned. Direct democracy, direct action. The Turkish people are going to defend their secularity and their pluralism. Yaren, I was just in Palestine, and I was talking to people, young women like you who are very active politically and socially, and uh, they were telling me that they consider Turkey one of the most liberal countries in Islam and, and a country they look to for leadership. Yes, Turkey is a shining example. You know, as a Turkish woman, you know, I have the same freedom as a European woman who lives in France or Germany. And as you said, we owe this to the reforms of Ataturk, you know. But but do you see Turkey as a leader in, in Islam for women's rights and for secularism? Yes, yes it That's, is. All right. And it, it shows that uh, separation of state and religion and Islam can exist together. I'm wondering, as two very secular, pale American women, would my sister and I feel free and safe walking around Istanbul and even further east in Turkey, traveling together you're secular, as Western you're, women. You're secular and pale? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yes. I think pale women are fine in Turkey. I think Istanbul is one of the safest big cities in the world. There's nowhere in the city that I cannot go on my own as a woman, you know. And Turkey is pretty safe. I have been guiding for almost 14 years, and I have guided single women, two women on the eastern part of Turkey. You know, it's pretty safe. You know, Jane, we've been bringing groups to Turkey for 20 years, and uh, the interesting thing about Turkey is 
uh, it is a multi-ethnic country, and there's a lot of uh, people with very light complexions and a lot of darker people, and everybody mixes together, and you won't even feel that much like you're, you're sticking out. You know, you should be sensitive. If you're in a conservative town or a conservative part of Turkey, you would want to dress more conservatively as a woman on the streets, and that's just common sense and, and, and I think, sensible when you're traveling. But stay in uh, well-lit, well-populated areas, and I think you'll be fine. And a lot of people, understandably, they see hysterical news here in the United States that makes it look like all of Turkey's falling apart, when really it's just cameras zooming in on the action in one place in Istanbul. Istanbul's a city of how many million 17 people? 17 million, maybe 17 more. 17 million people, and there's a few thousand people on Taksim Square raising their voices. It can look uh, much more crazy than it is, and uh, I think uh, Yaren's experience as a tour guide in Istanbul matches my hunch that uh, you can go there and feel very thankful that you're in Turkey and not at all in any danger as these demonstrations continue. And as a matter of fact, I think there's going to be a lot of demonstrations across the Mediterranean world for the rest of our lifetimes as travelers. Definitely. And uh, we can't really shy away from that. Thank you very much. Thanks for your call, Jane, and, and happy travels in the future. All right. Thanks. Yaren, you mentioned you had a lemon when you're going anticipating the tear gas. Why would you bring a lemon and how would you use it? Because I was informed by my Twitter friends that lemon was really very good for the tear gas, actually, and also milk. So most of the people who live in the Taksim area, especially older people, they put lemons and bottles of milks in front of their houses. So then we were running away, you know, so that we could just grab. Oh, so, the people, the old people in the district where you were demonstrating Taksim I- if you want, left I can, out their lemons. I can also tell you a story. My brother was, of course, he joined the protests. Too, so he was in Gümüşsuyu. It's very near the Taksim Square, very near the Gezi Park. It's a very upscale neighborhood where there are 19th century beautiful apartments. And he was just running away from the police. You know, the police was just after him. And then suddenly one of the doors of the apartments just opened and a hand appeared and grabbed my brother into the apartment, into the building. And then, of course, there was tear gas inside the building. But suddenly, when my brother started to see again, he saw a very, very old, a little pretty woman. And he she saved, grabbed, she saved him from and, the police. And, and she didn't open the door to the police. That's a bold and brave woman. It's amazing. She was with you in spirit. Definitely, definitely. And another interesting thing I will never forget is... Uh, during the protests, finally, my phone started to work again, and I called my brother because I was so worried about him. And he was on the other side of the Taksim Square in Harbiye. So I asked him. It was a very interesting telephone conversation. I asked him, is it safe there? My brother replied, no, there is police. <laughs> so it's it's so funny, you know. I, is it safe there? No, there is police. Don't come here. So, you know, we are just ordinary citizens. And this is the telephone conversation oh, between us. So it's, it's turning it upside down. It's not safe because there's police. Well, that's going to change. Definitely. You know, so I think that epitomizes the Gezi protests, you know. That's it's, true. It's a good example. And did you ever have tears because of the tear gas? Oh, you know, it's it's horrible. I was Tell me what t- that's like. You can't see, you can't breathe. And maybe these are just physical reactions that you have, but uh, deep inside you think that it's so unfair, you know. It's so unfair. I think that's the thing that hurts most. Because it's a patriotic thing that you're doing. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, building a shopping mall in the center of a city, you know, in Istanbul, where I live, there are more than... In my neighborhood, there are maybe more than 25 shopping malls. In Istanbul alone, there are maybe more than 150 shopping malls. And we definitely don't need another one in the middle of the city, you know, in the Gezi Park, 
Gezi Park is one of the nicest places in the city. We all have our childhood memories there. So, you know, it's like destroying the memory of a city. It's a beloved little green zone. Definitely. And we have only a few nowadays in Istanbul. Yaren, I'm just fascinated by this people's movement. And how did they attract a big crowd? How how did you first get involved in the demonstrations? Actually, uh, we got organized on Twitter. So it's a Twitter revolution. Yes, of course. It's a Twitter revolution. And how does that work exactly? The main media, the main television channels even didn't cover the demonstrations. the government could control the TV, but they can't control the people. On CNN Turk, actually, during the protests, during the peak of the protests, there was a documentary about penguins. (laughs) During, they put penguins (laughs) on. And then the next day, we wore penguin masks. Then we went to the Taksim Square, so maybe we could attract their attention. So you had your penguin masks and your lemons. Yes, definitely. Pe- the only penguins with lemons <laughs> in the world. And I have a gas canister in my house, which was, you know, thrown at me. So you've got I a planted, souvenir. I planted a flower inside. What an inspiration. <laughs> what an inspiration. Yaren, uh, when you were to gather together with all of your, um, your, your neighbors and fellow citizens, was there a, a slogan or a song you sang? Or, or what, what, what was the, the soundtrack of this demonstration? There are many slogans, but maybe the most important one was, uh, this is just the beginning, the resistance will continue. <laughs> this is just the beginning, the resistance will continue. Can you say that in Turkish? Bu daha başlangıç mücadeleye devam. And you would say that over and over? Over and over again, you know, thousands of people all together. And did anybody hear you? I think they heard us. I think so too. Yaren Turkoglu? Yes. Best wishes. Good luck to you. Thank you. Or Ishanslar. Good luck. Ishanslar. Yaren Turkoglu, thank you very much for letting us have a front row seat on some of the excitement that's going on in Turkey as you defend your democracy and raise your voice uh, in unison and actually make quite a bit of progress. Thank you so much. Rick Steves teaches smart travel to Turkey, Greece, and beyond. At ricksteves.com, you'll find an archive of interviews from his radio show, free audio tours, a monthly travel newsletter, and a world of information to help you turn your travel dreams into smooth and affordable reality. To gear up for your next Greek or Turkish adventure, begin your trip at ricksteves.com. <laughs>